light of infinite. The part of poetry that I love the most, beyond spinning words and thoughts into what sounds like spaces I would want to travel, is that much like visual art, the reader interprets in the way that they want or may need to in the moment and takes away what they may. This week's poem goes something like this. Amazing how a day dreams from night through might. Light brings darkness dependent on its contrast. First love, last to last, but closer to you, being the only answer to a question you've only been guessing. Inward lies the truth. This week, we near the end of Sfirat HaOmer, the counting of the days between Pesach and Shavuot. This counting is meant to prepare us to receive the living Torah and Shavuot. It's our ascendance to what Kabbalah calls the 50th gate, the gate of understanding, Bina. As we ascend, we are finding that we all have this nefesh elokit, a part of God that truly lies within each of us. We just need to transcend the layers of doubt and unlock the powerful truth and redemption that awaits. All of this begins with Pesach, which in Likutei Lachot is explained as Pesach, literally a talking mouth. This means that the only way to reach the upper levels of holiness is through speech, through tefillah, prayer, the true speech of calling out to Hashem. The blessings you receive correlate to the words that you speak. This is the power of counting out loud with the blessings of Sfirat Omer. The opening verse of this week's parsha Bamidbar reads, "Vidaber Hashem el Moshe Bamidbar," and God spoke to Moshe in the desert. The word Midbar, desert, and Dibur, speech, share the same root. Speech represents freedom, and the desert landscape is a metaphor for freedom. It's a place where the Shekhinah, the divine presence, showed most clearly to Moshe at the burning bush and Mount Sinai, and to the children of Israel in the Ananei Kavod, the clouds of glory, and countless other examples, of course. The desert is a place without distraction, where humility lives. It's a place where the dance with the divine consciousness paves the way to unification. This week we start the fourth book of the Torah, Bamidbar, which means in the wilderness or in the desert, and covers the continuing journey of the Jews in the desert after the revelation at Sinai. In English, though, it's called Numbers. And while we count the days leading up to receiving the Torah, we learn that Moshe and Aaron are instructed to count the Jewish people in the desert, and so the book is known simply as Numbers. At this point in the narrative, there have already been two censuses taken, but this one's different. The census is taken of 12 tribes of Israel. Moshe counts 603,550 men between the ages of 20 and 60 years old, while the tribe of Levi are counted separately in number 22,300 males, ages one month and older. As it's written, count the heads of the entire assembly of the children of Israel. Rashi explains the powerful verse of Hashem choosing to count us demonstrates His love for us. When a person's being counted, they could look at it as if they themselves are so precious that they're being treasured in this way, or they could think that they don't matter much as an individual. What they do doesn't matter because they are only being counted as part of a group, insignificant in comparison to the whole. Balbim's Eretz Chemda explains that each person is always both an individual. And a part of a whole, each and every one of us is a complete world, a microcosm of the world, and we all share in the whole, like the stars to which we are compared. The stars taken all together are a unit, but each star is a world unto itself, as it says in Yeshayahu, who brings forth their army in number and calls to all of them by name. The Lubavitcher Rebbe elaborates on Rashi's point that the counting was done to show Hashem's love for us, saying that Hashem's focus has to have been on the part of us that is equal, which is our essence, our soul. The point in the census was to bring the soul to our awareness. The Rebbe also explains the difference between this third census and the first two. The first was when Moshe counted the Israelites when they went out of Egypt, identified each person who had made the courageous self-sacrifice, following the word of Hashem into the wilderness. Moshe again counted the Israelites when the Mishkan was built, the tabernacle. 
The count and construction was done through the half-shekel donation, which touched on both the intellect and emotion of the Israelites as they prepared for the work that would bring the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, down. Hashem commanded them and the Israelites followed. His third count was different though, because Moshe and Aaron both counted, and the Israelites, by their own emotion and action in the service of the Mishkan, brought Hashem into their midst. They created a union of their individual and collective Jewish souls with Hashem. As we read earlier, take from among you an offering for Hashem. Whoever is generous of heart shall bring the offering of Hashem to contribute to the building of the Mishkan. In Judaism, heart and action are intertwined. So every wise-hearted man among you shall come and do creating excitation from below, through generosity drawn from above. This emotional and physical contribution creates a reciprocal relationship between Hashem and man, and this is how Hashem's glory filled the Mishkan. In an often quoted Mishnah from Sanhedrin, it's written, Every human being is unique, and every human being is a copy of the prototype human being, Adam. Therefore, every human being must say, For my sake the world was created. In Judaism, we believe that every being was created in the image and likeness of God. And from the same Mishnah, our sages teach us that every life is like an entire universe. It's when our soul enters our body that this becomes true. A body without a soul is similar to any other, but the awareness of the soul as part of the body is recognized by an individual. He or she can begin to live out one's purpose. Their potential to be an entire universe becomes apparent. To use the body, the finite, to spiritualize reality and to fill the light of the infinite, that's when the body is a vessel for the soul. That realization can take a person from physical and spiritual desert, Midbar, to a spiritual and physical promised land, Israel. So just as the verse can be interpreted as a descent or an ascent, and a head looking down or being lifted up, so too it's true that the individual being counted and how they walk away from that feeling insignificant or uplifted is up to us. The Mishnah comes to teach the importance of each individual, so much so that each person is their own universe. The Torah describes the Jewish people, ish echad belev echad, one person with one heart. So even if we are being counted individually, we can't view ourselves as separate entities. We are all essential in the wholeness of ourselves as a people viewed as one body. And just as one body is made up of countless elements that work in concert, so too we as a people are made up of individuals that contribute to the whole of a nation. And because of this truth, and if we can be on the level of feeling in such a way, when one is hurting, we are all hurting. Just as one part of the body hurts, the entire body is affected. We can only be shalem, whole, complete, when we are all redeemed, when none of us is hurting. Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, which is happening upcoming with this holiday of Shavuot, required 600,000 Jews to be present. Rashi goes so far as to say that if even one person was missing, even quote-unquote the least significant from the tribe of Dan, Hashem would not have given the Torah. And we see this with the Torah itself. If one letter in a Torah scroll is written incorrectly, missing or incomplete in any way, the entire Torah is rendered invalid. My dad was a chaplain, a rabbi in the Navy, and he would travel all over. And on occasion, he would bump into Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach. And Karlbach would tell him about the word shalom. He said, how can you say shalom when you first meet someone and then the same word when you say goodbye? Shalom comes from shalem, completeness. I was incomplete until I met you. But now that I met you, I am more complete than before. But now that you are leaving, you are taking something away from me. And I say shalom in the hope that someday you will come back and make me more complete again. We are all made in the image of Hashem. And with each positive interaction, we see another piece of Hashem and we feel more complete. The first census coincides with Pesach, a time when revelation comes from above. Hashem's love and mercy towards us is shown, but not by our own action or merit. 
After the period comes the Omer, a time of sacrifice, a time the Rebbe calls the revelation that comes from below, when through Hashem's grace our own merit brings forth the Torah that will be revealed on Shavuot. The third census involved not just Moshe but Aaron too. Whereas Moshe is Hashem's channel for revelation from above, Aaron the priest elevates Israel from below. It's through this census that the Jews become aware not only of the blessings from above, but of the potential to unify with the divine from below. And that's what prepares us for Shavuot, to receive the Torah. In this time of counting, we realize that each day is a new beginning, a new opportunity to dance with the divine. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.